Hello, my name is Donna Newman and I'm a partner in the Finance Litigation Group at Stevenson Harwood. Welcome to the final episode in our Autumn 2020 series of four short podcasts in which we take a bite-sized look at some key topics that have emerged from court or regulatory decisions over the last year. In this episode, Alex Irvin, a senior associate in our regulatory litigation team, will be examining the approach of the courts in assessing civil claims for alleged regulatory breaches, brought under Section 138 of the Financial Services and Markets Act. Hello, my name is Alex Irvin. I'm going to talk to you about how claims might be brought under Section 138D, formerly Section 150, of the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000 in the context of margin calls and some of the issues that a prospective claimant should be alive to. Market turbulence following the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic resulted in considerable volatility in derivatives markets, increasing the number of margin calls made, that is, requests by participants in derivatives markets for additional collateral to be posted to safeguard against counterparty credit risk. Where a counterparty that is subject to a margin call chooses not to meet it and suffers losses on their investments, the counterparty may wish to consider what recourse it might have to the law in order to seek compensation for those losses. One means of doing that is by bringing a civil claim for a breach of a regulatory rule. Section 138D of FISMA sets out the circumstances in which persons that suffer loss as a result of a breach of a regulatory rule made by the FCA or the PRA may have a civil right of action for damages for those losses. Section 138D2 sets out the requirements. It states that a contravention by an authorised person of a rule made by the FCA is actionable at the suit of a private person who suffers loss as a result of the contravention, subject to the defences and other incidents applying to actions for breach of statutory duty. A claim under Section 138D is only actionable if these key constituent elements are met. First, a claim can only be brought against an authorised person. An authorised person is a person who has been authorised by the FCA and who has a Part 4A permission to carry on one or more regulated activities. Secondly, there must have been a contravention of an FCA or PRA made rule. In the case of FCA rules, that is any provision in the FCA handbook identified with the letter R for rule. Thirdly, The rule that has been contravened must be actionable. The authority for what actionable means was set out in the case of the Crown on the application of the British Bankers Association against the Financial Services Authority, as it then was. A rule is actionable if it gives rise to a cause of action in a court of law. It does not mean capable of giving rise to obligations or compensation. The FCA's Principles for Businesses and the rules under the Senior Management Arrangements, Systems and Controls Sourcebook are not actionable because they are too amorphous. Most sourcebooks contained in the FCA's handbook set out in their schedules 
whether the rules are actionable under Section 138D. Breaches of rules in the FCA's Conduct of Business Sourcebook, Mortgage Conduct of Business Sourcebook and Client Assets Sourcebook are all actionable. For PRA-made rules, the default position is that they are not, in the ordinary course, actionable. The rule must expressly state that it is actionable. This highlights the importance of identifying which FCA or PRA rule has been breached when deciding whether to pursue a Section 138D claim. Fourthly, a claim under Section 138D can only be brought by a private person. Regulation 3 of the FISMA Rights of Action Regulations 2000 defines a private person as any individual providing that he or she has not suffered the loss in question in the course of carrying out a regulated activity and a company so long as the loss was not suffered in the course of carrying on business of any kind. The leading case on the latter of those points is Titan Wheels against RBS. Titan Wheels entered into currency swaps with RBS to hedge its exposure to currency fluctuations. The fact that the currency swaps were regular and related to Titan Wheels' work meant that the loss was suffered in the course of carrying on a business of any kind. A wide interpretation was to be given to what that meant. Claims under Section 138D can, therefore, be brought by commercial entities, but that is likely to be in very limited circumstances, and more likely, for example, in the case of charities. Fifthly, the loss suffered must have been caused by the contravention. The usual rules of causation apply. This can be the most difficult aspect of a claim to prove, particularly in periods of extreme market volatility. Finally, claims brought under Section 138D are subject to the usual defences that apply to actions for breach of statutory duty, including waiver and contributory negligence. Applying all of that, I will now explore some of the key issues that the courts have considered in the context of claims brought under Section 138D of FISMA. One of the leading cases is that of Abdullah against Credit Suisse UK Limited which is a High Court decision from 2017, but which remains relevant today. In that case, the claimants were account holders and clients of a private bank's private client business, carried on by the bank's UK regulated entity. The claimant's account was used by them to invest in leveraged structured products, referred to as notes. That was the first time that the claimants had invested in structured products. During the height of the global financial crisis of late 2008, the claimants were invested in three notes that, net of borrowing, were worth around $26 million. They had borrowed $7.6 million and had $10.3 million in cash at the bank. Following the collapse of Lehman Brothers and the market turbulence that immediately followed, the value of the notes dropped resulting in the bank issuing a margin call, requiring the claimants to post additional collateral. They chose not to do so, resulting in the liquidation of the notes and, as a result, the total loss of their investment 
and all the cash at the bank. Furthermore, they were left overdrawn by over $300,000. The claimants brought a claim for breach of statutory duty under Section 138D2 of FISMA, alleging that the bank breached its duty in respect of their decisions to invest in the notes. They argued that they were and should have been assessed by the bank as low-risk investors, unwilling to contemplate anything more than minimal risk of loss of capital, and for whom the notes were unsuitable. They also alleged that they had received bad advice from the bank about the notes. The bank countered that the claimants were aggressive investors looking for strong returns who were not badly advised. The relevant regulatory rules engaged by the claim were contained in the FCA's Conduct of Business Sourcebook. They were COBS 9.2.1, which requires that reasonable steps are taken to ensure any personal recommendation is suitable for the client. COBS 9.2.2, under which the bank must have a reasonable basis for believing upon information obtained from the claimants about them, that any specific transaction recommended meets their investment objectives and is such that they have the necessary experience and knowledge to understand the risks involved. And COBS 4.2.1, which requires that communications with the claimants were fair, clear and not misleading. The judge found that the bank had breached all three of these regulatory rules in respect of one of the notes that the claimants had invested in. The bank had misjudged the risk profile of the relevant product covered by the note, therefore it was not a suitable investment for the claimants. Further, the bank did not take proper account of the claimants' investment experience and gave an inaccurate portrayal of the relevant investment's risk profile. Regarding the rule at COBS 9.2.1, the judge said that there was no reason why an advisor could not present a riskier product to a client, but that he or she would need to take great care in doing so. He added that, as a practical reality, if a riskier product is presented to an advisory client without its riskier nature being brought squarely to the client's attention, an explicit confirmation being obtained from him that he is content to be exposed to the greater level of risk, there will be a real prospect that the COBS suitability duties will not have been discharged. The bank argued that by failing to meet the margin call, the claimants engaged in financial suicide because that resulted in their positions being closed out and the significant losses incurred. The bank said that a rational and unreasonable approach broke the chain of causation. About that, the judge said two things. At paragraph 213, a decision not to meet a margin call so as to support leveraged investment positions can, depending on the facts, break any chain of causation in respect of breach of duty in the selling of those positions or constitute contributory negligence. He gave an example in another case, Al Suleiman against Credit Suisse Securities Europe Limited, where at paragraphs 207 to 211, Cook J found that on the particular facts, 
of that case, there had been an irrational and unreasonable decision not to put up margin. Secondly, at paragraph 214 of the Abdullah case, the judge said that there is no rule of law that a failure to meet a margin call an investor could readily meet breaks the chain of causation or amounts to contributory negligence. The issue depends upon a close examination of the facts of any given case. In the Abdullah case, the judge found there to have been no contributory negligence as the claimants had been asked to provide more collateral in circumstances where the worst might not be over. Therefore, their decision was not irrational or unreasonable. So, what does that mean for prospective claimants considering a claim under Section 138D of FISMA for damages for losses suffered as a result of suspected regulatory breaches in the context of margin calls? Margin is typically required to be posted to safeguard counterparty credit risk for complex, structured financial products, for example, foreign exchange options. These investments carry significant risks because of the speed at which losses can occur, the scale of those losses, and the product's complexity, which requires particular and detailed knowledge of the products to be able to properly understand them. The more complex a financial product is, the greater the degree of knowledge and experience that will be required in order to properly understand them. In that regard, it may be necessary to determine whether the client has been properly categorised, for example, whether they are a professional client or not. Consideration should be given to whether the investments are suitable for the client, notwithstanding their categorization. Relevant to carrying out that analysis will be the client's risk profile and an examination of whether that has been properly assessed. That will include their risk appetite, investment aim and horizon, and willingness and ability to absorb potentially significant financial losses, and whether the categorization of the product was accurate. Whether the relationship with the relevant firm is an advisory one is another important relevant factor. If it is an advisory relationship, then the nature of the advice provided by the firm will be another important consideration, including where a personal recommendation was made and the basis for making that recommendation. Knowing what regulatory rules that might be an issue will assist with any further lines of inquiry or investigation that may need to be conducted in considering a potential claim under Section 138D. Generally, the rules that are most likely to be engaged are those of the broadest application. They include, for example, COBS 2.1.1, which is the client's best interest rule. That requires a firm to act honestly, fairly and professionally in accordance with the best interests of its clients. Secondly, COBS 9.2.1, which is referred to as the suitability of advice rule. That requires a firm to take reasonable steps to ensure that a personal recommendation or a decision to trade is suitable for its client. And thirdly, COBS 10.2.1, which is referred to as the appropriate investment rule. 
That requires a firm to determine whether the client has the necessary experience and knowledge in order to understand the risks involved in relation to the product or service offered or demanded. A breach of a regulatory rule is not the only issue that must be proven. The losses suffered must have been caused by the breach. In the context of margin calls, regard must be had to whether a decision not to meet a margin call has broken the chain of causation and what steps were taken in order to mitigate any losses. There are also tactical considerations to bear in mind. Although beyond the scope of this podcast, Section 138D of FISMA does not remove any common law cause of action that a person might also have. Claims under Section 138D will usually be pleaded alongside common law claims, including, for example, breach of contract, negligence and misrepresentation. In that way, they are another form of ammunition to use against a prospective defendant. Allegations of regulatory contraventions are also likely to raise the stakes for a defendant firm. Firms will be very mindful of the possible increased regulatory scrutiny that allegations of regulatory contraventions might bring. The last thing that a defendant firm will want is to have to defend a civil claim in the courts and respond to a regulatory investigation. As well as potential significant financial penalties and reputational damage to a firm, regulatory investigations can lead to enforcement action being taken against one or more of the firm's senior individuals. Taken together, this can provide an important leverage dimension and pressure point, particularly if the claimant is looking to bring a defendant to the negotiating table. So to conclude, market turbulence following the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic has raised, in the context of complex structured financial products, the prospect of an additional cause of action for claimants that have suffered losses following the refusal to meet a margin call and where regulatory contraventions are alleged. The possible spectre for prospective defendant firms of increased regulatory scrutiny is an added benefit that should not be discounted in the context of those actions.